Well, it looks like the United States government has now pretty much admitted that uh, some pilots uh, who, who have gotten close to UFOs over the years have suffered severe brain damage. And we know this because uh, a Stanford professor recently did an interview with Vice uh, for the program called Motherboard. Uh, and this Stanford professor, his name is Gary Nolan, and he was talking about his work with the government. Uh, he's basically approached by some officials from the Pentagon and some also some uh, officials from aeronautics corporations uh, that, because they wanted him to find out if you know what what's going on here with these with these pilots. Like some of these pilots who came came close to UFOs ended up suffering from uh, severe neurological problems. And uh, in this interview, it was a question and answer interview, which I will I will leave a link to this page uh, this uh, for Vice, and uh, you could read it for yourself. And there's also a video there uh, where there's actually more information in the video than uh, what's actually uh, you could what you could read here. And uh, anyway, he says that uh, you know he was approached by the government and. Uh, he said these guys showed up and they said we need you to help us with this because we want to do blood analysis and everybody says that you've got the best blood analysis instrumentation on the planet. Uh, then he said they started showing uh, the MRIs of some of these pilots and ground personnel and intelligence agents who had been damaged. The MRIs were clear. You didn't even have to be an MD to see there was a problem. Some of their brains were horribly, horribly damaged. And so that's what kind of got me involved. And uh, he he was asked if he could name the, the governmental departments uh, that approached him, and he would not answer that question. However, we now know, I mean, he's stating that it was from the federal, some people from the federal government approached him with the, for this program. And uh, he, in, in this interview, he was asked that, uh, you know, can you describe the more anomalous effects on the brains you observed with the MRIs? And he answered, his answer was this, if you ever looked at an MRI of somebody with multiple sclerosis, there's something called white matter disease. It's scarring. It's a big white blob or multiple white blobs scattered throughout the MRI. It's essentially dead tissue where the immune system has attacked the brain. That's probably probably the closest that you could come to if you wanted to look at a snapshot from one of these in individuals. You can pretty quick you can pretty quickly see that there's something wrong. And then he was also asked how many patients did you look at in that uh, first phase? He says it was it was around 100 patients. They were all they were almost all defense or governmental personnel or people working in the aerospace industry, people doing government-level work. Here's how it works. Let's say that a Department of Defense personnel gets damaged or hurt. Odd cases go up the chain of command, at least within the medical branch. If nobody knows what to do with it, it goes all over to what's called the weird desk, where things get thrown in a bucket. Then somebody eventually says, oh... There's enough interesting things in this bucket worth following up on that all look reasonably similar. Science works by comparing things that are similar and dissimilar to other things. People, Enough people were having very similar kinds of bad things happen, happen to them, and it came to the attention of a guy by the name of Dr. Kit Green. He was in charge of studying some of these individuals. You have a smorgasbord of patients, some of whom had heard weird noises buzzing in their head, got sick, etc. A reasonable subset of them had claimed to have seen UAPs and some claimed to be close to things that got them sick. 
let me and then he showed them uh, he shows this uh interviewer uh pictures of mris and, and uh the brains of some of these people that were got close to the ufos and you could see the damage um uh, that it caught that whatever whatever was emanating from these objects caused damage in the brains he was also asked uh, did the people who claimed that they'd had an encounter especially the pilots describe any perceivable decrease in neurological capacity and his answer was of the 100 or 100 or so patients that we looked at about a quarter of them died from their injuries the majority of these patients had symptomology that's basically identical to what's now called Havana syndrome. We think amongst the bucket list of cases, we had the first Havana syndrome patients. Once this turned into a national security problem with the Havana syndrome, I was locked out of all the access to the files because it's now a serious potential international incident if they ever figured out who's been doing it. That still left individuals who had seen UAPs. They didn't have a Havana syndrome. They had a smorgasbord of other symptoms. So <clears throat> basically now, uh, as he was working with the government on this, uh, some of these people turned out to have Havana syndrome. And if you know, if you know what that is, that's, that started, I guess it was 2016, where uh, some people in Havana, Cuba, some government officials, military uh, personnel, and some of the family members uh, started suffering symptoms, neurological issues. Uh, and then it's happened at other places in, in the world too, uh, including in, uh, uh, and it's always usually to intelligence and government officials that uh, it, it happened in, uh, in in China, Europe, and Washington, D.C. It's been speculated that Russia's been behind this, and they think what they're doing, they're somehow able to uh, point mi some sort of uh, device that sends microwaves toward these people and causes them brain damage. But uh, so some of these, so what this guy is saying here is that some of these uh, 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 people that they were looking at, the 100 or so patients, uh, the majority of them had what's known as Havana syndrome, but uh, other ones that were that got close to UFOs, you know, they had other issues. So and it, and it's it's unknown what's caused this, or you know how it's how it's happened. But it's interesting. Again, here we are. Uh, this is yet another another admission. I mean, I have to now. There's no way that this guy. Uh, could be making these kind of statements publicly unless he had permission from the government. I mean, he would have somebody in the government would have said, "Okay, yeah, you could you could talk to Vice about this." There's just no, no other way that that's possible. I mean, other I mean, you, these kind of things you know usually are classified. In years past, you know, ten, fifteen years ago, this stuff is no way is the public learning about any of this that UFOs are causing brain damage. Yeah, horrible, horrible brain damage, according to this guy. Um, so obviously, again, this is just another uh, peg, you know, an another move forward, another step forward uh, from the government in this what seems to be this slow disclosure. Now, of course, this is coming out of this the mouth of the Stanford professor. He's saying that, uh, you know, he was approached by government officials. Uh, he won't say exactly whom, what department they were in. And also people from aeronautics corporations to look at the brains of these pilots that are suffering neurological problems. And apparently, you know, some of these people died. I guess some of them, uh, he's not clear here, but it looks like some of them were who died were uh, suffering from Havana syndrome, which is being caused by probably Russia. Okay. And, uh, and some of them died from uh, 
being, being getting too close to a UFO. But again, it's the government in, in, in a roundabout way telling the, telling the public that, yeah, there are cases of pilots, our pilots, who have gotten too close to these things and then suffered mental or neurological problems. Like their, their brains became horribly damaged. Some of them died. And, and so, you know, these things are dangerous, obviously. They do, I mean, if we, we can't get close to them, obviously, because they're causing problems. Um, and that's scary. That's scary. You, you don't want to see, see you know, that, that's, that's, you know, we don't want this happening. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know if the uh, beings that are operating these craft know what their uh, machines are, are doing to uh, humans or maybe they don't care, you know, but, uh, you know, again, we're being told by the government because again, this guy, he's not a government official, but he was working for the government and the government gave him, obviously gave him permission to make these statements publicly. So here we are, are again, uh, again, a, another piece of the puzzle slowly, you know, put, put in there for us, uh, another tidbit as we move forward through this very slow disclosure process. Um, anyway, well, we're going to take a quick break and there's more from this guy because it was, uh, it wasn't just, uh, you know, he, he has, he, he's also looking at other things, uh, including, uh, you know, remnants from, uh, flying saucers and UFOs. So, uh, we'll be right back. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, we're back, and, I, and I'm going to, you know, this guy that we're talking about, okay, this Stanford professor, Gary Nolan, uh, in addition to uh, studying cases involving pilots working for the military uh, who have suffered brain damage after getting too close to UFOs, in addition to that, he's also working with uh, a group of uh, ufologists, including Jacques Vallée, um, and he's uh, and it's a but it's a group actually called the Invisible College, uh, and uh, 
he's working with them studying ob uh, pieces of uh, material that came from flying saucers. One of the pieces uh, is he can't. It, it came from an event in Brazil called the Ubatuba event, right? And he was talking about this with uh, Vice recently, uh, and I will leave the link here for, for people so they can read it. It's all part of the same story where he talks about uh, the pilots suffering brain damage. But uh, one, one of the materials it says here uh, was from the so-called Ubatuba event, a, U, a, a UFO event that happened in Brazil, which has extraordinarily altered isotope ratios of magnesium. It was interesting because another piece from the same event was analyzed in the same instrument at the same time. This is an extraordinarily sensitive instrument called a nanosims, a secondary ion mass spec. It had perfectly correct isotope ratios for what you would expect for magnesium found anywhere on Earth. Meanwhile, the other one was just way off, like 30% off the ratios. The problem is there's no good reason humans have for altering the isotope ratios of a simple metal like magnesium there's no different properties of the different isotopes that anybody at least in any of the literature that is public of the hundreds of thousands of papers published that says this is why you would do that now you can do it it's a little expensive to do but you'd have no reason for doing it <clears throat> i mean let's think about the people you use isotopes for today most of the time human, humans use isotopes to blow stuff up uranium or plutonium or to poison someone or used as a tracer in order to kill cancer but those are very very specific cases we are almost always using only using radioactive isotopes we don't ever change the isotope ratios of stable isotopes except perhaps as a tracer tracer what that means is that if you find a metal where the isotope ratios are changed far beyond what is normally found in nature then the material has likely been engineered the material is downstream of a process that caused them to be altered someone did it the questions are who and why and it wasn't just uh this, you know, and the other strange thing about this stuff is where he says it came from. Uh, he says uh, the, the material was claimed claimed to come from uh, uh, a flying object where it was dropping like molten pieces of metal. And that's where that's where they, and then somebody picked them up. It says, so now let's look at what these materials are claimed to be. In almost every case, there are they are these are the leftovers of some sort of process that these objects spit out. So you go look at the cases where molten metal falls from these objects. Why would 30 pounds of molten metal fall from a flying object? And he goes on to say that it could be similar to like uh uh you know, like you know, the same way we use other uh, uh, you know, gas. You know, something has to come out like the exhaust pipe. But in this case, in these cases of these flying saucers, it's come. They're dropping pieces of metal out. And he goes on. He says, "What are the circumstances in some of these cases? For instance, in some cases, the witnesses state that the observed objects appeared unstable or in some kind of distress. Then it spits out a bunch of stuff." Now the object appears it's stable and it moves off. It looks like it fixed itself. One hypothesis would be that the material it offloads is part of the mechanism the object uses for moving around, and when things get out of whack, the object has to offload it. It just drops this stuff to the ground, kind of like the exhaust. That begs the question, again, assuming the things are real at all, what are they using it for? If there's 
altered isotope ratios. Are they using the altered isotope ratios? Are the altered ratios the result of the propulsion mechanism? Again, pure speculation. When the ratios get that far out of whack, do they have to offload because it's no longer useful in propulsion? Smarter people than me will have to come up with better reasons, but this is the fun of science. The data is there. The explanation is not. Now, what's not listed here, he doesn't, he doesn't, in, in this article, you can't read this part, you have to watch the video for it. Toward the end of the video, there was another piece, another object uh, that allegedly came from the uh, Roswell flying saucer that crashed. Uh, there was a, an army officer that found uh, uh, his grandfather's, uh, had left a diary and, 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 and also a, a fragment of, of, of you know, in the diary, he talked about that he got this piece of uh, metal from Roswell, and he kept it in a shoebox somewhere. And then, uh, and and then, so this guy who found it, you know, after his grandfather was dead, sent it into this group that studies UFOs and, and told him the story. So he's looking at that, and and it has properties that defy logic. I mean, he, there's no explanation for like what this thing is and you know what, how it works. I mean, you have to watch the video. Uh, it gets very scientific and, uh, you know, and I'm not going to try to uh, put words in this guy's mouth with, with regard to that. But you, if you check this, go to this link and watch this video that's included here, you'll see you'll see what I'm talking about. But again, so he's ha- like this guy's all working for the government to study uh, the neurological effects on some pilots who got too close to uh, UFOs. And he's working for a UFO group organization that's asking him to study these uh pieces of metal that that allegedly came from ufos uh from extraterrestrial craft including the craft that crashed at roswell and all these these pieces that he's looking at don't make any sense uh very interesting uh very interesting stuff and and again i thought roswell was was all fake according to a, a lot of people Okay, here, here you're talking. I mean, if, as long as this story is true, right? Uh, well, who knows where it came from, right? It, you can't really prove anything. That's the whole problem with some of this stuff. You can't prove it. The, the government has, they know what's going on, but they're not going to share that information with people, not all of it. But again, uh, this is very interesting, and uh, I, I highly recommend you checking out this article, this question and answer article, and plus... Uh, more specifically, the video in there where he talks about Roswell. That, that's parts toward the end. Um, but yes, we are, uh, again, this is the whole, everything that we're talking about here. It's, again, it's another step toward disclosure. And, uh, you know, with, with regard to the government letting this guy talk about the pilots, I mean, why would they do that unless they were, what in the public they want the public to know they know they want the some they don't mind the public knowing about this okay moving on um i'm tired of being treated like a child by the government very tired of it and uh you should be too i mean this has been going on for decades now um you know when i was a kid um the one time I was in a big family, we were all in the car. I, you know, two brothers, two sisters. Well, actually, one of the sisters wasn't even born yet, I don't believe. Um, but the other sister was in the front seat, sitting on my mom's lap. Back then, and back in the seventies, nobody wore seatbelts. Okay, that's how stupid people were back then. Nobody wore a seatbelt. 
We were me and my two brothers were in the back seat. We were all fighting, carrying on. I remember my dad was got all rattled over this, and uh, he uh, slammed on the brakes, you know, to yell at us. And when he did, my sister, who was sitting on my mom's lap, knocked her head against the windshield and put a small crack in it. We all saw this, right? We all saw the crack, and uh, and I said, pointed out, "Hey, hey, look at her! She, she, the windshield's cracked. She, she cracked her head on the windshield." And immediately, my parents, both of them, said, "No, no, no, she didn't. Nothing happened. Everything's okay. Nothing happened." So basically, they told us nothing happened, even though we just saw it with our own eyes. And that's basically what happens when you know people in power, you know. You know, things happen and then they tell you, no, it didn't. Uh, you know, even though if you see, even though when you see things with your own eyeballs, you know, you, you didn't really see it. And that's what's going on here. I mean, we have people in the Pentagon who are in positions of power for decades uh, who don't believe the rest of us are ready for the information with regard to extraterrestrials. Now, of course, as we've talked about a lot on here, the, we are seeing a slow disclosure, but it's a slow disclosure. Okay, it's happening very slowly, and uh, I, I don't even. I, I'm not. I, you know, I, I am happy about it, right? But at the same time, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in it. I don't like it. I don't like being treated like a child. You know, I, I, I can handle it. I can handle what you have. You know, let's see it. What do you, what do you know? What, what did you, uh, what kind of information have you amassed over these decades that you've been keeping this a secret from everybody? I want to see that information. I'm tired of it. I'm very, 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 very tired of it. Uh, I don't like it. You know, it, 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 you know, we're, you know, I think the, I think we could have handled this a long time ago. Okay, maybe back in 1947 when this whole thing, you know, really came started coming to a head. You know, with Roswell and you know all the sightings. You know, that point on from that point there, maybe maybe we weren't ready. I mean, they were probably shocked. You know, the, the government officials that were involved with the recovery of the uh, Roswell saucer and bodies, you know, and and all the incidents that happened from that point forward. I'm sure it rattled them, but at the same time, you know, the truth it would have been better to let that truth out. I do believe I, I at some point not 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 right away, but at some point when they understood it a little bit better when they when they finally reached the conclusion that yeah this is obviously something from another planet because these things aren't from here. I'm sure there was even questions at the time, you know, like say, uh, well, there's we uh, the spaceship crashes and 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 there's bodies and okay, these flying saucers are all over the place right now. Everyone everybody's seeing them. <clears throat> You know, so even them, like if you're like, say, say you're in a position of power and you, and you, you, you have the ability to look at this stuff, you might be of a per, you might have the, uh, the religious background that makes you think that this is impossible and this can't be, and you don't accept it. So that, that was probably a lot of that going on, you know, at the time. They're going, oh, must this this there must be an explanation for this. These these maybe China made these bodies up somehow, or you know, this can't be from another world. Even though there was probably scientists that were trying to tell these people in charge at the Pentagon, the top generals and whatnot, oh yeah, uh, this is this is not of this earth. Uh, 
And there might even be some scientists who were saying, yeah, we think we need to look into it more before we make that determination that it's not from this earth. And that probably went on for, for years. But, you know, by the 70s and 80s, you know, it was time back then. You know, finally, we're in, tw- in, the, in, the, in the 20s of the t- uh, 2020s. And, uh, you know, we're finally starting to get somewhere, you know, from our government. But at the same time, we're still being treated like children. There's concerns, you know, from what you read, there, there's concerns that this is going to have great economic impact, you know, when this, if this were to all come out. You know, well, okay, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. We're, we're, we're all grown up here, you know. It's time to, you know, bring it on here. Tell us what's going on. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired. I don't like it. You know, when you, when I when I think about what you know what's been going on here for decades and how how it's been handled and how we just you know the the way we're treated, you know, the people we put in charge, okay? The people we put in charge basically treating us like children. And uh that's not we didn't put them in charge to treat us like children. We put them in charge to, you know, keep our country safe and to uh and to, you know, take care of the government and run the government. Uh, not to keep uh, secrets like this, you know. Of course, yes, it's a, uh, albeit it's a world-shattering uh, re- uh, reality. But uh, I, I, I'm just tired. I want more information. I'm sick of waiting. Sick of waiting. Uh, we get these little little uh, doggy treats thrown at us every now and then. You know, it makes us go away. But uh, that's not enough. You know, we went to full... full uh, the full shebang here. As someone who knows for a fact, right? I know for a fact that there's something going on. I've seen this, these. I've seen one of the craft. Uh, I believe that one of these creatures it was in my room, my bedroom when I was a kid. And I had another incident in, in Hawaii where apparently uh, a dog that I owned at the time was was taken by these beings and then returned two and a half hours later. Uh, very, uh, very mysterious circumstances. Uh, so uh, I, I'm of the mind that yes, this is real and it's happening. I just I want more more information, okay? And I I just don't like this. And I, you know, I guess there's nothing I could do. I could pout all I want about this, uh, you know, and there's nothing I could do. But I'm just stating how I feel, and I think a lot of people feel like me, like they're tired of this. You know, we're very appreciative that there's people like Luis Elizondo stepping forward. Um, and making statements about this uh, and giving us information. But again, there's only so much he's allowed to say right now. Um, I'm starting to believe that he actually is still working for the government. So I, I, I just don't see how he could not be. Uh, I think he, I think he's on a mission apparently to, uh, it's possible. I'm speculating. It doesn't make me right. I'm not stating this as fact. This is what I think sometimes. I'm not some, maybe, maybe later on six hours from now, I'll think something else. But at this moment in time, I'm, I'm, I'm the mindset that maybe he is uh, on a mission. You know, he was told, okay, we, this is how we're going to get this information out. You're, you're going to, you know, pretend you're not working for the government anymore. And you could write your book and, you know, go on TV shows and, uh, internet podcasts and tell people uh, this and that, but not that or this. You know, we gotta we gotta spoon feed it to them. And I've talked about this before about the spoon feeding because that's what this is. Uh, it's a slow disclosure, and uh, you know, it's again I I don't like this 
treat it like a child. I, I, it just, it's an insult to intelligence. It's an insult to intelligence, and there's nothing you could actually do about it except, you know, complain. And even what's that going to do? I mean, I could say all I want here, and it's not going to make a difference. But I'm going to say it. I'm just going to speak what I think a lot. Of, I think I'm, what I'm saying right now, I believe a lot of people out there feel the same way. Now, now there's some people out there that don't know what's going on and want to believe, and I want to believe, and, you know, th- they're not sure. And then there's the people out there who, uh, you know, believe it's complete nonsense. Uh, I know it's not nonsense because, again, I've I've experienced these things. I've seen it. I know it's out there. I know it exists. I just want more information, and I want the rest of the I believe the rest of the world needs to know about this. And I just, you know, this, um, I don't know what you call it. You know, it's just, it's sad. It's a sad thing. It's a sad that it's gone on this long. It's a sad that there's been so many different UFO researchers over the year waiting for some, you know, for the government to just disclose the truth about this, about everything they know. And, you know, they're gone. You know, a lot of these people have died. Stanton Friedman, uh, for instance. Uh, it's, it's terrible. And, uh. That's why it's important, you know, to stop playing this game. You know, it's time. I don't know who. I I love to know the people in charge of this information. I love to see these talk to them. You know why? Why? Why this long? I mean, the people who started this, who started this, uh, who made this thing secret, who wanted, you know, started maintained this uh, cover up. You know, decades ago, they're all dead. They're all dead. They have to be. It would have been older men. No women back in the 40s, early 50s would have been all men making these decisions, older men making these decisions, and that whatever decisions were made at that time, they've been, uh, those same decisions were maintained, were kept, and and, and the same policies were were used for for the decades that, that came afterward, you know, into the 60s, okay, into the 70s, still, you know, People that wanted the, the original people that decided to make this a secret at first. By that point, seventies into the eighties, none of those people are are around anymore. But the rest of the people that took over, they they uh, went. They, they played the same game, and we're still having people that playing the same game. Although I I do believe that there is a group that wants this to come out now. But again, it's just not enough. I think you know the best way to handle this would have been just hey come right out, give give it to us all, T- give us the whole thing, tell us everything that's happened, tell us what you know, you know instead of just pr- playing this pretend game about that oh in two thousand four David Fravor saw a tic tac that's not when this thing started this thing started a long time before that yeah David Fravor did see a tic tac in two thousand four right along with some other people uh flying over the ocean okay but there's it's not that wasn't the beginning of this phenomenon now that was that was just that's way deep into this you know this has been going on a long time it's time to you know pull that lid off okay i'll i'll, I'll again what i'm saying makes no difference um uh, but you know that the problem is is that we're, we're, the people we put in charge treated have been treating the uh, the people are serving as as like they're we're children and we couldn't handle this. 
We could handle it. We can handle it.